Hey guys, I'm AP. And I'm your girl, Black Mamba, and we are the hosts of The Hate Journals, a weekly comedy podcast. We know we aren't the only ones that get annoyed by the daily grind, and lately there's a lot to be annoyed about, and we get it. Join us each week as we roast and toast all the things that we love to hate. Nothing is off limits as we rant, rave, and laugh our way through our own experiences, current events, and so much more. So tune in weekly to listen to us wherever you get your podcasts or check us out on our website at thehatejournals.com. That's right, guys. Let us help you get you through your week every week with The Hate Journals podcast. We hope you enjoy. Bye. Bye. Welcome to the show, I See Things a Little Differently, and this week we will have some fun. I was actually, like I, as I told you guys in previous episodes, uh, like the Wednesday show, I've just been pre-recording and just doing reviews of shows, as new listeners know, and new listeners new listeners will listen to the archives and understand, or listen, will listen to, and um, I was just like, because content on the comic book side or the entertainment side as far as the things I want to talk about, you know, has been really mild, you know, and um, I'm I'm preparing some things for the coming weeks, maybe into next year, you know. But Marvel just dropped a nuclear bomb. <laughs> um, I actually wrote an article on um, on CelebMagazine.com. It'll be published sometime this week um, about it. Um, I don't keep track of the investor calls and stuff like that. I know some people do like there's one podcast I listen to. Um, they tell you all about the investor calls and all that other stuff. And I, I just, I don't know when all that is. I, this year I haven't been quite as busy. However, I just going on the websites to look up news and stuff. I just don't care for it anymore. So I don't do it. You know, so a lot of times I, I get my news, um, I literally only have a Twitter. Like, people all the time say, hey, what's your Twitter? I'm like, I don't post anything, dude, but you can follow me. I'll follow you back, you know. But I only follow, I'm only on Twitter just so I get the the, the news. So it comes right to me instead of me having to look for it. So um, other, sometimes I talk about things that I may, I may get. And people say, hey, can you talk about this and give your opinion? And then I have to look into it and all this other stuff. But um, Marvel just dropped a nuclear bomb. So we're going to have Jonathan Esther on Wednesday's show. Um to talk about all that news, all the notes. Also, there's like one or two DC things we're going to get into, but we've done a lot of DC because um, they dropped Fandom, you know? Um, but, yeah, it, I we have to talk about those three trailers they dropped, the other news of all the shows they're doing. We're not going to talk about Star Wars. I've never seen a minute of Star Wars. So you have plenty of podcasts that will do that for you. But just so you know, um, Wednesday's show will feature Jonathan Esther. But as far as this show goes, um, I want to start with some more unfortunate news. Uh, Tiny Zeus Lester, or Debo Lester, um, I prefer the Debo, has passed away at the age of 62. I did not know he was that old, but I do know, I did know he was in the entertainment industry for forever. You know, and apparently he was showing signs of COVID um, this year. Can't inf- I know we lose people every year. We just, We just do, you know. But this year, I think once top of the pandemic, it just highlights even more um, the people we, we've lost and the things we've lost and the time. Essentially, we've all lost a year, you know. Um, but his history in wrestling is cemented as one of the worst movies ever with no holes barred. <laughs> but at the same time, that was a groundbreaking movie for 
WWE, the fact that they can, I, I don't think they can sell it, but Vincent Mann did control, you know, the rights for a time. Um, and them being able to do that in the cross promotion that was just happening, that wasn't anything really happening with other companies. And if it was, if you don't know, like, the, like Hogan, Hulk Hogan was not created in WWE. The Hulk Hogan character was created in the A, um, what's well, I was to say AEW, in the AWA, and Vern Gagne um, had t- trained Hogan. Well, help will help train Hogan, and um, not as far as like to the business side of things. And Hogan was a major star for his brand, and he was about to win their World Heavyweight Championship. But Vern, as you know, as the story goes, and here's the thing: this is not just Hogan telling this story. We've heard plenty of stories from plenty of people who work for the AWA, how Vern was naturally greedy with the money. He would give you your payday, but like anything more, he wouldn't. He wasn't willing to do. So Hogan had sold his own merchandise, and actually, uh, Vern's uh, Greg Ganya has confirmed some of these stories. Um, he's obviously not destroying his father, but he's he's confirmed some stories in the the best way he could, you know. Um, but Hogan starts selling his own merchandise. Well. Vern wanted a piece of that, and Vern wanted, I think, like ninety percent would give Hogan ten. Out and <laughs> and uh, Hogan was like, no, like you know, because he, then he wouldn't even let him work in Japan, and and it's not just Hogan, but like Hogan was on the like, you've seen that star rising, and um, the week before he was supposed to win the title, um, he left to go to WWE, and with him, with the that was the end of the AWA essentially. Um, I would never blame Hogan for that. Here's the thing. Promoters are promoters. They get away with what they can. We just saw this just last month with the third-party streamers, you know, and how promoters can control stuff, you know, and you just got to be aware when you sign the contract. And if, if, like, to me, I don't think AJ Styles did Twitch for money. I think he did just to play video games and to relax, you know. Um... But, you know, some people were doing it for money. And the fact that Selena Vega was making more off of that than she was off her WWE contract, one, is shameful. Two is, it's just one of those things you got to be careful of when you sign that contract, unfortunately. And we all got to go through it, even in, even in regular life, you know. Like, there's been plenty of times where, where regular freaking jobs that I could, I won't name them here. But, I mean, if I, if I said some of the names of places that want me to sign a contract to work for them, you'd be like, that place and these are names that like you that you see commercials of and and 99 percent of people know even if you never use the service or whatever you know what it is and you're like that place asked you to sign a contract you just gotta be aware of these things you know so um yeah it's just one of those things where and we're gonna get back to to to, to debo and how he got into and his history in wrestling but that's how the hogan train started and then it went to WWE, and then that No Holds Bar movie hit. It was, it was a terrible, it was a terrible movie. But once again, the cross promotion was so important. The thing that Hogan, he that was he what he was looking for. Hogan was a better businessman than a wrestler. You, you know what I'm saying? That's why he was able to get creative control, all sort of stuff. And if you look at the cross promotion, you have the movie coming out, and then you have this big monster of a man who does two to three moves. So he wasn't really a threat. But he was a threat because Hogan perceived cause Hogan and Hogan's fans at that time perceived him to be such a threat. And he, every time he faced Hogan, he lost, which is which is what it's supposed to be, you know. Um, but I'm and we became friends with Hogan, and I'm pretty sure, you know, like and he ain't so he he wouldn't do anything Hogan wanted him to do. Like even in WCW when they had that like steel cage match where it was Macho Man and Hogan versus like the Dungeon of Doom, the Four Horsemen. It was like twelve on one, <laughs> and um, and just uh, it's one of those things where it's just like uh, when someone stays out of the spotlight for so long, or you just don't see the stuff they do, you know. Because now things things go straight to streamers, so uh, so so it's like unless you're up to date with everything that's on Netflix, Hulu, Peacock, however however many streaming services there are you just don't see some of your favorite people anymore 
But for me, he'll always be, Tiny will always be Debo. When Friday came out, Debo became that figure. And I don't, I try to like, I try to like look certain um, sites like Spotify. Um, this is, which is why I always send out Spotify because I get, they send out a graphic of your target audience, like who listens to you, how they know this. I'll never know, but they do. <laughs> um, but, um, I, I don't know exact numbers, but I'm just going to say, say it. So no one get offended because I know we're all sensitive these days, but, um, it'd be coming from the ghetto, <laughs> you know, the black community, um, when you, you have your Debo's and you have your people who just walk around punking people in the neighborhood and there's nothing you can do about it until someone stands up to them, if someone ever stands up to them or if they just leave, you know? So like just that Friday roll is so iconic. And, and when I, whenever I hear stories about it, it's just like the, the behind the scenes stuff, how Ice Cube said one time, like, um, when they were filming, like apparently some gang, some some gangbanger, some 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 gang said, "Hey, y'all, y'all gotta pay to film here." And they're like, "Man, y'all gotta go." You know, according to Ice Cube, they never paid them, and they came back a couple times, and finally they were like, "You know, once again, when you're doing, and they, they weren't with a major uh, studio or anything, but you're dealing with people who have lawyers." So I think they got the hint. If it's true, they didn't pay. I'm sure they got the hint that, hey, we we kill one of these people or do something to one of these people. We're going to go to jail immediately. It, it, we ain't going to see no money at all. You know, so it's just, it's just some of the stories you hear are funny. But um, to me, that's an iconic role. De- that The Debo role is just so iconic. And and the, the Zeus thing is less iconic. But once again, at the time in the 80s, the, the WCW appearance, we'll, take, we'll scratch that off. But it happened. But at the time in the eight in the mid eighties with the crossover, it, it just felt big. Um, it felt important. He felt like a threat, even though if I was my age then I wouldn't know he's not. But but even then, think about this. At that time, you had people crying over Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth reconnecting. So who knows what people would believe back then. So yeah, I could see people still believing he was a threat. You know, as a kid I thought he was a threat, you know? Um, so Rest in peace to him. Salute to him. And it sucks because we lost Pops and Debo in the same year. And um, I just think sometimes we get caught in things. And, and Ice Cube had made a comment to the fact of like they they had pushed back last Friday so much. And now you, I don't even think you can do last Friday now. I don't see what the purpose is. Those are two of the main characters in it. You know? Um but that's just me. So, anyways, it's, I hate to start off the show again this week with something uh, sad, but you know, let's get into it. So, where do I want to start? Hmm. This week was very interesting. Very, 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 very interesting. I once again watched AEW live. Um, the commercials didn't bother me as much, but I think it's also because. I was doing homework the entire time. All Wednesday, I, was, I have finals this week. So all Wednesday, I was doing my final. And I don't think I finished that final until like after AEW went off the air. So that's why commercials didn't bother me because I wasn't really paying attention. Like when the show came on, I was back to paying attention. But I knew I could divert my attention back and forth. That was, so that was interesting. But I don't think I want to start with AEW. I think I want to start with SmackDown. So here's how we do it, right? SmackDown, the Big E, Sami Zayn match, and the Carmella, Sasha Banks match, both were to get to TLC. They didn't need to have those matches, but they did. Now, in the Carmella, Sasha Banks situation, I completely understand why they would have the match. I know some people wouldn't or even agree with it. But to me, if I'm Sasha Banks, I'm getting tired of being attacked, You've made it personal now. You do you think you can come back and lay claim to my championship? I gotta take you out. And and the contract signing was typical contract stuff. She sent somebody else out there, so we're not gonna get into that. But the match itself was it was all right. It was nothing special. Uh, Carmella wins by DQ, so obviously it's gonna lead to another match at TLC. Um, but I, those two matches to me and Sami Zayn won by count out. So to me, these were just 
filler to get to TLC, which I don't even think they need to do filler considering isn't TLC like two weeks away? I I don't know. I just didn't need to do it. Uh, the Billy Kay stuff. She had a, a tag team partner with Natalia. She ended up losing because uh, she said that Natalia got in her way. But I I actually find the Billy Kay stuff kind of entertaining. I I haven't really seen too much too many people talking about it. Um, but the whole having her headshot and the resume and looking for a new tag team partner. It's just it's I think it's I think she's entertaining. Um, the Iconics as a group. They worked because you could tell they're real life friends. However, I just don't think they're I, I don't think their in ring work is that great. I, I I definitely have seen an improvement. So maybe that's what I mean. I, the rumor was they broke up because Vincent Man loves Peyton Royce. That's fine. Uh, well, the fact that she pinned Bailey in that Survivor Series match says, says a lot to me. But um, I just I think Billy Kay can do more, but she definitely has the character part down already. So I'm looking forward to hearing more, even if she's just on Talking Smack, you know. Um, even but she's a wrestler, so she wants to wrestle. No, as she improves, she doesn't have to worry about her character. Her character, she has like locked down completely. But um, the wrestling part still takes some work, which is fine. You. Any craft you have, you're going to want to perfect. And we're going to get into <laughs> something about working on craft later on. Um, the Jey Uso, Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns stuff. First of all, before I even get into it, Vince Russo made some comments. Now, hear me out. Hear me out. The only reason I'm talking about this is because I found them intriguing. Because to me, for as much as Vince Russo and Jim Cornette do not like each other. They're essentially the same person. When I say that, I mean they're both stuck in their own time. Jim is stuck in the 80s. Vince is stuck in the late 90s attitude era. Vince made a comment to the effect of, the reason why SmackDown is losing viewership is because they're doing the same thing with Roman Reigns every week. Well, if you listen to any of the brand by Vince Russo as his show on YouTube, he says WWE is losing ratings they're losing ratings because they just lose ratings they're not they're not a good television show they're we need to say this and we need to accept this as not just fans but as um a society like dude it's not a pleasurable tv show if you look at it in the grand scheme of things right they technically have seven hours of live action television every week most weeks, in a normal week, it's live. That's a lot of hours to produce of television weekly. And one of those shows is three hours long, and it is a, a slog to get through. Now, we all know Vincent Man is to blame. Let's, so let's move on past that. But here's the problem, though. Not every character in the Add to Era was compelling now to his credit and i have worked with him like side by side with him i've been in in production meetings with him and everything vince russo i'm talking about he does work on i used to i have one i still have one of the scripts from when we worked together he he, he has everybody on the card that's anyone who's in the building he has them on the card in some form or fashion if you're selling t-shirts, he has you on the card doing something. And I remember reading it at first and going into production meeting. And I remember I was just really stoked. I was like, damn, this is really cool actually working with someone from the Attitude Era. And and just, um, just I, I actually recorded it. I lost the recording, of course. But I kept the script. And I still have it. I'm going to keep it. But I remember when I went home, because I ended up having to focus or whatever on what, what we were doing. Because I was doing commentary at the time. And I remember when I went home, I, I started actually looking through the script. Just flipping through. I was like, he literally has something for everybody. So all those shoots I've been watching all over the years about how the one thing no one could knock him on was he tried his best to find something for everybody to do was true. 
And then working with him for that one year that I worked with him, anytime he would he would just see somebody, okay, they need to be in there. Remind me to put them in there. I, that's just what that's. I think that's his. Uh, the same way Jim Cornette has a talent or genius for booking and finishes and history. That's also his crutch. That's also his detriment. Same thing with Vince Russo. That's also his detriment. That's also his crutch, right? You can't tell me these guys are doing bad stuff. Viewership goes down because viewership goes down because it's, 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 to some people, there are no superstars. I'm doing air quotes. You can't see me doing air quotes, right? Some people don't see anyone right now and see them as Steve Austin or The Rock. Some people will never see them as Steve Austin, The Rock, or Hulk Hogan or John Cena, you know, but it's by the same time, if we're being honest, even though Vince McMahon makes more money he's ever made, he doesn't. His pushing of a talent has not evolved, and the fans say what you want to, but the marks, smarts, or whatever bleep you call them, they have evolved. They want more. Some people want too much. Completely understand. Some people, you just won't make happy. That's fine. But watching this show tonight, if you have one complaint, you can say J.O.S. was getting beat down too much. But I think that's the point of the story. Is that Roman Reigns, which is what started this whole thing. If you go back to watch that match they had in that champions, Roman Reigns saying you're trying to level up and you're not here yet. You need to listen to what I'm saying. Jey Uso's coming out of pocket dealing with main eventers coming from a tag team situation. Yes, he's beaten Daniel Bryan. Yes, he's beaten AJ Styles. But Roman Reigns' point is you can get a couple wins, but can you sustain it? Can you sustain the pressure enough to stay on top? That's the point of the story. Like, I don't, I don't, that's why I'm kind of like looking at it, and I really can't wait until you guys listen. I'm, when I drop the top 10 worst things of this year and the top 10 best things of this year, I talk about the psychology and how it's being brought back. This is deeper than just a wrestling storyline. This goes to when you're at a job and you're at the job and 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 and, and you see what someone's doing. You see someone's getting, getting all the praise and the accolades and you're like, man, I want their money. But then they sit you down and show you what they're doing. You're like, oh, fuck. What? what? I don't know this shit. Dude, because they've been doing it for a while. Not saying you can't learn it. The point is you have to learn it though, but you have to maintain it. You can get a you could get a one good attaboy, you know. How many one hit wonders in music? How many one hit wonders in wrestling have we ever heard of? You know, and then all of a sudden you're like, Man, what happened to that person? You know, what happened to that boy? You know, like like what happened? You know what happened? They couldn't sustain it. That's the point of this. Dude, uh, let's be honest. Him getting a win over Daniel Bryan is not really that impressive. Daniel Bryan is the most one of the most selfless people you'll ever meet. So he's all about elevating talent. Even AJ Styles, like I don't, I don't think he truly cares. He knows how good he is. He knows. So him taking the L, how many people will even remember that in a year? Besides nerds like me. But people will like will come up with fun facts. Hey, who did Jey Uso? What two WWE champions did Jey Uso beat in a month time span? Like you dig what I'm saying? Like that's the whole point. Even though he snuck up on Kevin Owens when Kevin Owens was on the ladder, Owens popped a power bomb through a table. That is the point of of this whole thing. So when I look at Vince Russo, to me Vince Russo's greatest moment in the Attitude Era. And I'm even gonna go to his WCW days. He had no good moments in WCW, in my opinion. Besides when they tried to strip all the champions of their world championships and start over, I thought that was unique. I know people didn't like it, but I thought it was unique. They just it just wasn't executed the right way. Now once again, Buff Bagwell's like legitimately got suspended for fighting a rain crew attendant. Sid got hurt. Blah blah. blah. We get all that. His greatest moment was Survivor Series 1998. He booked that entire show. And the swerve at the end with Shane McMahon to see me. Like, your thing is going to be a Rock Austin Finals. Shane comes out. Shane's been a tag team. He's been not tag team, but he's been a partner and an ally of, of Austin. That one, 
too. And the middle finger at Austin, and you see Austin's face. And Austin, I remember I used to get the WWE magazine. It was a great shot. Shane smiling with the middle fingers. Austin's face bloodshot red, mouth open like you mother. You know? That was his greatest moment to me of anything he's ever booked. You can't have everything be like that. You don't have 14 pieces you can always play with. You get what I'm saying? Like, you just don't have that all the time. Owens and and Reigns are doing great work right here. But it's about psychology. I did see a post from someone who said that they were mad at Jacob's bill. That's the point, though. He keeps coming out of pocket with with the bigger homies. And the bigger homies is like, man, you're still a pup in this. You are still a pup in this game, homie. Stay in your position. Play your role. And that's the point. That is the point of this whole thing. And I loved at the end, well, not before the end, excuse me, but Owens pop-up power bombs, Jey Uso. Reigns music hits. Reigns walks up there. You see Paul with this big smile on his face. All of a sudden, before the camera pans back to Kevin Owens, because Owens is now has a steel chair. He's yelling, come on, Roman, come on. You see Roman take the title off his, off his uh, shoulder. And you see Paul Heyman go from smile to like, what are you doing? And so he hand, goes to hand him the Universal Championship. And Paul's like, what are you doing? You call the shots. Right now, you go down there, he's calling the shots. And you see Rain's face. And you see like him like up absorbing what, uh, what Heyman's saying. He's like, you call the shots. You're the tribal chief. You're the head of the table. You're the OG. Like, like, like you see him take to the normal Roman Reigns, music hits, boom, he comes out. He's going to fight, right? Now, why do I need to fight? You want me. You're supposed to be hunting me. I'm the champion. I'm the head of the table. I don't need to hunt anybody. You should be hunting me. But when you, if you shoot at the king, you better not miss. Like, think about that, dude. Psychology, man. I don't know what more he wants. And once I heard his idea of what he would book. It's the same swervy bullshit. It, it, it's like, it's like you don't need that, Russo. And I, and I respect him. I respect anybody who's done anything that I enjoy, right? But when I heard these comments, and I know he's become a parody of himself in many ways, but I still like like listening to people like him and Cornette. Because I think they're the same person, just stuck in their own time. And I'm just shit, man. Like they lose viewers. They, they, they lose. Well, they're they're constantly around the one million mark with Fox on Fridays, or 1.5, whatever the fuck, right? But to me, they're not really losing anybody. They're the same consistent fan base they've had. They're not gaining anybody. But when you only have really one compelling story. Like this, and everything can't be as deep as this, which is why, I, which is why I made sure I said I I enjoy the Billy Kay stuff, I really do. I used to have this coworker. Here's why I enjoy that Billy Kay stuff. Let me tell you a true story. This guy, he looked like a Ken doll. He had this bow, white guy. I never seen a white bow-legged person in my life. White guy, bow-legged, and he walked. He looked like a Ken doll. His name was like uh, Brad or something like that. I remember this right. And good looking guy. And I remember me and my ex at the time were in the car. And I remember vividly, like, dude was like, this chick was like clearly flirting with him. We're working at a restaurant job. She's clearly flirting with him. So me and my ex were like looking at each other, like, oh, all right, cool. He's about to get, you know, get, get some digits, you know, blah, blah, blah. All, right. all of a sudden I look over, I see him go in his wallet and pull something out. So he comes back, I'm like, Brad, like, yo, yo, what did you just give her? Oh, I gave her my card. I said, like, you have a card? Like like a business card? Just like a card. He's like, I'm thinking like a business card, right? He's like, no, I just have a card with my name on my number. So, so you just pass around your card? Like you don't like pull out your cell phone and just say, hey, put your number on my phone? Nah, that's savage. That's savagery. That's the first time I ever heard the word savagery in my life. And I was like, savagery? To, take, to, to put your number on someone's phone? It's like, yeah, it's just beneath me. You take my card. You call me. And he winked his eye at me and walked away. I swear I thought he was bullshitting. I swear. And um, 
I went up to the table. I was like, hey, what did Brad just give you? His card. So she turns it over. And she it's sure enough has name, his number, and some catchphrase he used to have. And I, I and she was like, Is he serious? I was like, I was like, I was like, ma'am, trust me, he is dead serious. And I walked away. And I remember I saw him pass that out that card a couple more times. So so for me to see Billy Kay walk around with a resume and a headshot, that's the same thing essentially. You know what I'm saying? It's you promoting yourself. So everything can't be this deep. Is my point. I get it. But it's not the same thing. And if you're seeing the same thing, then you're not getting the psychology of it. You know, Jonathan Esther just asked me to write this verse for a song. And Jonathan Esther explains things horribly when it comes to songs sometimes. But also, it doesn't help. I'll say this. If I have him on the phone, which we barely talk on the phone, then he explains, then I get it. But when you have a text message, it's either a 20 paragraph text message about it which i do not care to read that shit or it's like a short paragraph and it's like boom 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 it's like yeah i don't get that so i learned with him if he wants me to do a song i gotta ask questions so i did this verse and i sent it to someone before i gave it to him and someone said to me dang dude that's like like a psychological mind blower you know and he said but i don't like i don't like the very last line the very last line i kind of reveal what that person was going through. I, I do reveal what that person was going through, right? I said, I need to put that in there for the metaphorically challenged. I don't think, to, to me, Jay Uso was there for the metaphorically challenged. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Not, not Jay Uso, Roman Reigns is. Like, when you, when, like example, Kevin Owens is the dumb, one of the dumbest baby faces ever. So he walks in back with a steel chair, bleeding from his cheek, looking for him, Roman, come here! Caleb Braxton comes, almost trips over something. Hey, Kevin, Kevin, can I ask you a question? Bitch, why are you getting in the middle of an angry person with a steel chair? One. Two, Kevin, why are you taking an interview where you're supposed to be going to war? You just beat this man's cousin up and talked about his family. And you're going to take an interview right now? So then Roman Reigns comes and beats him down from behind. My first thought was good. He absolutely deserved it. He's sitting here with the ego to have an interview after he just did what he did. I'm coming for you. You just did something wrong there. <laughs> we have no ocular proof that he sent Jay there. Jay has shown the last several months to do things on his own. He's trying to level up. That's not Rain's fault. That's on Jay. I can't get you. If I, if I just make a comment to you and say, man, that podcast is all right. No, but you should be doing this. You should be leveling up. And then, he, then he goes off and jumps off the Brooklyn Bridge with, 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 with as he's recording your podcast. I can't control that. You know what I'm saying? But he has the ego. It's, then Kayla sees Roman coming. Oh, my God. Bitch, why are you getting in the middle of war? <laughs> like, you're hot, but you're not that hot, dude. Anyways, um, so it is, it's not the same thing. <laughs> it really isn't. It's different things every week. You may see J- you may see this Jay Uso getting beat down every week, but it's not. It's deeper than that. It's 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 strictly about him needing to learn these lessons because he has to realize he is and will forever be known as a tag team wrestler. Once Jimmy comes back, they're a tag team again. We all know it. He's done great in this role though, but once again. He's not on these guys' level in singles competition. That's the point. That's why Reigns keeps telling him, stay in your position. Play your position. So I disagree with those comments Russo made, but this this was better. This was just great stuff. And then Roman looks at the camera and says, hey, Owens family, we've been formally introduced. Get your husband. Tell daddy I will take food off the table. This is going to be a great match. But more importantly, the this just helps Reigns evolve. You see him listening. You see him like, all right. Because you see the times when when Heyman can't control him. Those at the paper, Once you get to the pay-per-view and you have the match, now it's on. Now it's kind of just like, I can't, I, he's not listening to me. But think about that. 
that that Haman Brock rub is going off on 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 Roman. Why do you need to fight now? It's not on your level. The fight right now. Only time he's only time he's gonna get you is at the pay per view. When you put that championship on the line, that's just I don't know. I just think it's the psychology. I think it's just the psychology that people aren't getting. But I definitely disagree with the, the whole rating. The ratings are consistent. They just don't grow. But they're not going to grow. It's some, it's, it's, wrestling needs another spark. You know, and as much and for as much as I love Sting, we'll get to him in a second. Um, it's still Sting. He's 62 years old, 61, something like that. You know, it needs to be more icons built up. And Roman Reigns is building that up. He's even though he's gonna be even though he's on TV every week, when we see him, we see him, we saw him wrestle one time on television since he's been back. That was two weeks ago. He feels more and more special, man, because he just talks, or he just looks, or Paul talks. So, I just agree with that. Let's hit up AEW next. Uh, Sting comes out, cuts off Cody, you know, and he he says, for as much as things have changed, some things have stayed the same. And he points to the crowd. You see Darby Allen. I'm assuming they're going to do a, some type of cinematic match with these two. Um, I don't know what would be the issue between them. But it's. I know some people have... I know a lot of people who are more informed than me have said that Sting is not bumping because of his neck. I get that. I don't think Undertaker took many bumps in that graveyard match with AJ Styles. And it feels like Sting... And it's reported that Sting only signed with AEW because Tony Khan agreed to let him leave on his own terms. I'm assuming that means he gets to go out on his own. Like, he doesn't have to go out with people seeing him look terrible after he got hurt. And that uh, Seth Rollins match, you know, which was both their faults. Um, so I'm assuming we're going to see him in some type of cinematic match. Do I think he'll ever be in another in-ring match again? Sure, tag team match. Where he comes in with the hot tag or something, but nah, nah, otherwise, nah. Um, but this was cool. He revealed absolutely nothing. You know, he 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 he, he hugged Cody. He said, "Hey, Cody, the one thing you know about the Stinger is that you never know what to expect." And he left. So no one knows why he's here. Um, it's it's gonna be interesting how they use him. Like I said, I know some people are saying he's not even gonna do. A, I think David Meltzer even reported he won't even do a cinematic. I I disagree. Like I said, I know he's in the know. I know. I just, and this is not me saying hopeful thoughts. This is just me being realistic. I just don't see why they would sign him if they didn't have that type of stuff in mind. So MJF retains his diamond ring, so he will have that diamond ring for another year. He defeated Orange Cassidy in a match that just had so much interference. Miro finally came out. We're going to need to have a match between Miro and Orange Cassidy for this feud to end. Um, it's just the way it's going to have to be. Um, I do think, and I, now I haven't seen this on anywhere, so I don't know how many people are talking about it. There has to be a Sammy Guevara face turn coming, right? Inner Circle had their town hall meeting where they were going to decide if they should break up or not. Well, Santana, who was not there, um, was mentioned, and um, they were say, say, "Hey, you know, he's 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 growing on me like a fungus." To my MJF, he was like, uh, Ortiz said, "Hey, shake his hand, Sammy, shake his hand." But Sammy left with a stern warning, said, "Hey, one more thing happens," and he looks Chris Jericho straight in the face and says, "I will leave the inner circle." Because Jericho took off his glasses and said, understood. They shook, there, there's got to be a face turn coming for Sammy Guevara. Um, and obviously his first feud is going to be with MJF. But he's it, 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 Sammy's going to be in a tough position if he turns face. He has no friends. I, I would have to imagine. And so we're going to probably beat him down before we can get to MJF. And MJF will beat him. I would have to assume that. Um, just my opinion. Um, Don Callis and Kenny Omega, we're just going to mix the TNA stuff in here. Or I would say TNA, I don't care. Same shit. Um, the appearance was one of their highest of all time. According to them, it was streamed 750,000 times, which, look here, good for them. They need the buzz, man. And I'm glad AEW was able to help and willing to help, you know, 
And um, I did love how Kenny Omega looked at uh, Josh Matthews and said, hey, you're friends with Ambrose, right? Just calling him Ambrose. I just love that. You know, like, we're already breaking the fourth wall by even showing up on this show. Let's just say whatever the hell we want. And they can. You know, they, you know, it's just it's just funny. Um, but they, Callis, Don Callis cut a hell of a promo here. Kenny Omega cut a great promo. He says, and he said, hey, no one kicks out of a one-winged angel. And, and I don't, I think Okada is the only one to kick out of one, right? And I don't even remember Okada kicking out of one. I think there was a match though between those two where Kenny Omega couldn't hit the one-winged angel. And that was the story of it. He kept trying to go for it. Okada kept blocking it. And finally, Okada hit the the Rainmaker for the win. So, yeah, I think it wasn't that he kicked out. It was that he couldn't hit it. And that was the story of the entire match. Um, this is the pairing I didn't know I wanted, but I needed in my life. And I love it. And I think there's going to be more. I don't think it's going to be an outright invasion. I mean, that would be cool. But where are they invading? <laughs> you know, like, 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 uh, like it, we don't need an invasion. We can have some cool matches, though, and matchups how they can help each other, you know? Same with they're helping NWA out and all this other stuff. Because let's be honest, Serena Deeb, whenever NWA starts filming again, I would assume Serena Deeb is going to show up on NWA, which just helps bring fans in and get more excited and everyone's watching everyone's shows and all that good stuff. So to me, those are the things I took from AEW. I thought it was an enjoyable show all, all around. Um... But yeah, those are the main things I took from it. Uh, let's go. Ahead, let's hit NXT. The, the main things I take, take from that was Karrion Cross is back. He attacks Damian Priest from behind, powerbombs him, pounds him off the off the stage onto a table. There's no way that bump did not hurt Damian Priest though. And I'm not gonna lie. Um, I I know Karrion Cross only really sold for Keith Lee, but like I'm hoping they just have like a regular match because this match can be fun. Damian, because it's going to happen. It's probably going to happen at that New Year's Eve show, uh, January or that that New, Year, that New Year's show, January sixth. Damian Priest versus Karrion Cross. Also, the world title, it just looks like there's so many contenders. It's, it's exciting. Finn Balor came back, said he's ready. Pete Dunne came out. Kyle O'Reilly came out. Damian Priest came out. And then as uh, Balor's leaving, and while those those other three are arguing in the ring. Scarlett Johan- uh, Johansson, listen to me. Scarlett Bordeaux comes out. They're both hot. Let's, whatever. Uh, comes out and just walks around him. And Finn, and Finn just looks, let me guess. TikTok. Tell him to come see me. And he just walks away like a freaking G. Like, I'll take on whoever. I don't think Karrion Cross is meant to be on this brand for long, though. I would have, that's, what, that's why I don't think he's ever getting that championship back. Um... If and when Finn Balor loses that, it's Pete Dunne. And I would have to imagine. And Finn Balor said he's defending the championship on that New Year's show. Against who? I would have to assume it's going to be a four-way match. But Cross and Priest will you know, take each other out. I would have to assume it's Pete Dunne. Riley already had his shot. And they had a great match, but Riley lost. So I would have to imagine that Pete Dunne versus Finn Balor is where they're going. I don't think they do a title change there. Um, if anything, I think they do it at WrestleMania weekend. Um, but you never know. But afterwards, Scarlett's just standing on stage and Priest is in the ring. He says, hey, do you leave your man in the car? And he was talking shit. Scarlett just smiled. And that's why I think there's got to be some kind of a failed four-way match. And Finn Balor said, hey, I'll defend it against whoever. But that's William Regal's job to decide who that is. So I'm assuming we have a failed four-way coming up between Pete Dunne, Kyle O'Reilly, Damian Priest, and Karrion Cross. As I said, Priest and Cross will X each other out, and Dunne will, I'm assuming, get the pin on Kyle O'Reilly. So I think we're heading towards a, a Balor-Dunne match, you know, January 6th. That's just my opinion. Um, we're not talking about Raw. I didn't really enjoy Raw. Um... Some noteworthy news came from this, though. Um, there is a wrestle vote who breaks a ton. No one knows who this wrestle vote is, and which is wise, right? So it could be a man, woman, transgender, whatever they are or identify as. We'll never know, probably, which is good. Uh, this this person has broken news before, and supposedly a match in the works for WrestleMania 
we'll have Keith Lee versus Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar. First of all, I know some people are purists. They don't like triple threat matches at WrestleMania in the main event because I don't think I don't see Drew losing that championship. But this makes me change my original idea I had for the seven um, matches I was going to do that whole seven match thing and put that out next week. Um, probably probably just add it to the end of the, the show. Um, this changes my thing because this this intrigues me. I didn't see Keith Lee as a potential. Um, viable candidate for a championship match at a at, at a main event level at WrestleMania this early. I just didn't see... I just don't think Vince sees what he has in Keith Lee. Well, it's reported that Keith Lee was just sent back to the PC for more training. And let's touch on that for a second. I know Hurricane Hell sent out a tweet saying how you continue to work on your craft. And I guess that was his way of trying to calm down the sharks from... No, the online sharks... But I think, and I can't speak for everybody. Some people are just crazy. We're all crazy at something, right? Let's just say that, put that out there. To me, the main issue people have had with this, mainly with Keith Lee. One, he's a good worker. Two, it feels like Vince McMahon just wants him to get skinnier, which for his health, he probably should, right? However, I think the main issue is, when was Nia Jax ever sent back down to the Performance Center? And here's my thing. I thought about this. I literally was writing this down and I thought about it. How do we know she's never been sent down there? These things are all true. How do we know? But it's kind of hard to believe this day and era with the WrestleVotes, with the Dave Meltzers, with the Mike Johnsons, with the Brian Alvarez's of the world. It's kind of hard to believe they would never have that leak. As many people as she has been in the ring with and air quotes hurt it's just hard to believe that would have never come out that she got sent back there for training so she hasn't let's just be honest she hasn't but we can't confirm that but at the same time i think they would have been happy to leak it hey she's going back there for more training so i think that's the problem with all of this is that you send lee back down there you change his music you haven't come out with a cheerleading skirt on, whatever. By the way, I just bought. I haven't got it yet. Um, it said uh, Ringside Collectibles has said to, they sent me an email saying how it wouldn't be available until mid-December, which we're getting to that level this week. Um, but that variant chase of Keith Lee, the Elite Keith Lee, his first Elite. Oh my God, it's so awesome. Um, I remember I saw. I didn't see it in stores, but I did see. Um, the the regular Keithley, like just a ten dollar Keithley that's not the elite, you have no flexibility in it or whatever. It's it's a, it's a pretty good figure, you know what I'm saying? But the, that elite looks amazing. But anyways, the, the point is that's where all this is coming from, in my opinion. A lot of this is coming from the people who need to be sent back are not being sent back, you know. And, and once again. I do music, I do podcasts, I do I write. Dude, I write so much. You constantly work on your craft. And I don't think anyone would dispute that. The problem is when you have had someone on the main roster for as long as they've had him on there, which has been four months now, they've done a terrible job with him. And then you send him back down there for more training because you just don't like his body for whatever reason. You know what I'm saying? Not everybody can have a six-pack, you know? Um, but at the same time, and I have not watched that Keekly special, by the way, so um, I have I had a couple, people, a couple bucks on that. But that's where this is coming from, in my opinion. Is the people that you need to send back there, you haven't sent back there. And if you, if you look at Bray Wyatt's body, Bray Wyatt covers up his stomach, but he has a stomach. He looks like he's he's not in the best of shape. And at one point in time, he was sent back down for more conditioning when he was Husky Harris. He was a lot more out of shape then, though. But the point is, at the end of the day, that's where this is coming from, in my opinion. Um, but 
that match is that match intrigues me because now that makes him a, a uh, which I didn't have before. I didn't have him anywhere near the Royal Rumble win, but now that puts his name in a hat, and now it makes me think, who else can? Because on Raw, the one thing we talk about on Raw, Sheamus and Drew McIntyre finally had brawl. They finally went at it, and um, I don't know. So Sheamus is clearly gonna get the shot at the Royal Rumble. Styles will lose. Drew versus Sheamus at Rumble. So Sheamus is out. Who else? I, I've been asking this question for the last four months since I came back on the air. We're almost at 30 episodes. Almost there. You know, who 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 is viable? I know Big E was there, but Big E's, Big E's winning that Intercontinental title at TLC, probably. So is he still going to win and then he just loses the Intercontinental title and he gets the Universal title from Reigns? And now he's officially solo now. There is no new day to help him get that championship. They may reunite for that. You know, you may have a G- Jimmy and Jay versus Kofi and Woods at Mania while Reigns. That's very viable. But as I was right doing my seven match uh, fancy booking Mania, I don't know. I didn't know. But with this, this, this even if this doesn't happen, there's still some credence to it. I would have to think they want Brock back. Brock's not signed with AEW. We know that. You know, he's going to use him as leverage, sure. But I don't even think Tony Khan would talk to him. They don't. AEW is a completely different product. And for as much as Brock does not care, he 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 is one of those talents that loses value if he loses too much. See, the reason why Jericho could make all those returns and lose is because he was constantly building to something else. With Brock, you're not building to anything else because he's not he's not working as much as Jericho works. So that's why this intrigues me so much. How do you get Brock in that match, though? So I don't know. But I'm still going to do my fantasy booking, seven matches, top matches for WrestleMania. That will be at the end of next week's show. I'm still working on it. I'm still going to work on, like, getting the tidbits of it. But um, anyways, that's the show for this week. As I said, check out Wednesday's show. We're going to get into the Marvel trailers, all the Marvel news, myself and Jonathan Esther. We will also talk about the uh, the Warner Brothers HBO Max deal of 2021, where they have uh, their movies dropping on the same day as theaters and HBO Max. They'll be on HBO Max for one month. Then they'll come off, and then they'll come back on like three months, four months later, whatever, when they hit DVD. So check out Wednesday's show. Hope you enjoyed this show. I am the Slow Chemical. This has been I See Things a Little Differently.